0: for a long time i I saw the benefits of smoking weed of being high and i really would have would have been what you would have called an advocate for smoking i mean i would have been like this should this should be legal
1: Welcome to Insights, the podcast of Forerunners of America, where we are here every time to warn the nation from a biblical perspective on on various issues, and we're here to help you respond in faith and to make a a difference in your life, your family, your church, your community. And what we're talking about today is huge. We're talking about marijuana and even how, as Christians in the church, we've got to be alert to all kinds of things. So that's our topic today, and I'm super excited to have with us for the first time ever on Insights, Jimmy Fleshman. And welcome, Jimmy. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. And what I love about you, Jimmy, is from talking with you, you've got a life message in this area, and you aren't just talking about it. Oh, it's good whenever we can take the scriptures and just teach on it, whether we've ever experienced this or not. But you actually have a background in this. You understand it. You lived in it. And yes. so Yeah. So anyway, yeah. let's just let's dive in there. I just want to be clear, though, before we dive in. That I do want to connect this to even why God, um, while he's calling us all out of things and and he loves us and he loves every lost person, right? He actually will judge this in the end. And I want to explain that from the scriptures, at least by the end of our time here in our our discussion, um, that he does judge us individually and as nations. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting. I think it's something that's not been on our radar in the church. Yeah. Um, and this is a huge topic for a lot of reasons, but um, we're going to start with that personal uh, level in terms of your journey, Jimmy. So could you please just tell us about your faith journey, yeah. uh, how that happened? How did your journey with marijuana begin? Um, just whatever. Yeah. So I was I was raised in
0: Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I'm one of six kids, and so there's two girls, four boys. And uh, my parents were first-generation Christians, uh, so they were raised up in the Catholic Church. But uh, early on in their marriage, they came into a relationship with Christ. And so we were raised in the church. I can remember uh, growing up, Bible studies and 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 praying and, uh, you know, really had parents that loved us, loved Jesus, and was pointing us into a relationship with Jesus. And so— I wouldn't say that, that, that weed was a part of our, our growing up. There was very little to no conversations about it. Um, but I would have given my life to Christ around 10 or 12 years old. I can remember it was a really real thing, a real relationship. I remember I loved Jesus. I was so grateful that he uh, gave his life for me. Um, and so I walked through that, and then high school hit. And I played football, basketball, baseball and really began to just that was my focus that was my priority uh that was my attention and uh still still played the church thing but my sophomore year of high school I actually it was actually the first time that I ever smoked weed hmm. and I can remember uh some friends introduced it to me and I was I was a wreck I was hiding on hiding under tables in
1: Burger King I mean it was okay it was, so so you did know the lord yeah and so, when these friends approached you for the first time, or maybe it was over a series of times, but why in that final situation did you let in? And you said it happened at Burger King. Yeah, well, uh, no, we went to Burger King uh, after okay. afterwards. Okay. Uh, I'm not. Sh- I I
0: I don't know if I can say why, other than uh, I am hard headed, <laughs> okay. and I was young and dumb, and uh, really just straight away from my relationship with Christ. So there was nothing holding me in line to say, no, you know what, I shouldn't do that. Now, my parents' voices were there saying, you shouldn't do that, that's not a good idea. But as far as me personally, my personal convictions, I wanted to have a good time. And I saw other people doing it, and I saw that they were having a good time, and so that's that's probably what it was. And I had probably smoked a few more times throughout high school um, but high school, it was not a big, it was not a big uh, part of my my life in high school. Uh, but then I went on to college, and I played football in college, and really, um, really began to dive headfirst into and to smoking smoking weed in college. And uh, not to throw people under the bus, but I mean, if you if you go to just about any college any university man there's a lot of people doing it right. and so there was a lot of people doing it and it was a bonding place for us as teammates i mean we would we would smoke and watch film before the game like and i'm not condoning this at all i'm just sharing this is part of my story this is part of my testimony
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so i got to a place where i would i would go to sleep smoking i would wake up smoking i would smoke throughout the day i would go uh, to, to work out and lift high. Uh, if I was going to the grocery stores, like, hey, guys, want to get high before we go to the grocery store? I mean, it was
1: really just an ongoing okay, thing. we're going to get to how um, prevalent this is, even within church culture and so forth, in a little bit later here, but, but for now, okay, just explain why, like, the continuous I'm um, getting high. I mean you're an athlete, mm-hmm. maybe there's some negative effects there, or there's other things, but like why was this just so much, I guess, a lifestyle? It wasn't mm-hmm. just like, hey, let's get high and it's Saturday night. You're describing a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I um I
0: don't know if I have a great answer other than to say that things
1: were boring
0: if I wasn't high. Okay. And then uh when you get high and you're on and you're in this uh this place of being high, everything's the attention to detail. I don't know. It just it just changes. It changes the way you view things. You see things. You see different things. Th- things slow down and uh, things are more funny. The food tastes better. The drinks taste better. I mean, it's it just creates this this place. And, and honestly, I could I, for a long time, I, I saw the benefits of smoking weed, of being high. And I really would have, would have been what you would have called an advocate for smoking. I mean, I would have been like, this should, this should be legal. Uh, everybody should be doing this. It helps with pain. It helps with sleep. It helps with anxiety. It helps to take the pain away, emotional pain and, and fear and worries. You can be in a place of uh, sad or upset or frustrated, and then you smoke and you get high, and all, next thing you know, everything's good. And so uh, when you are high and then you're not high anymore, the next thing you're thinking about is getting high. And so that's that's really the, as you say the lifestyle. That's that's what it is. That's what it was.
1: And so um, at some point we got to have your your teammate and buddy Kenny, Yeah. Uh, Kenny on here, and we want to give a quick shout out to Kenny. I'm yes, sure Kenny's listening yes, to yes. this. He was supposed to be on here today, and he got sick. But yep. we'll we'll get both you guys here. You know, at some time in the next few months. So Kenny, there's your shout out. But Kenny now plays a key role. It Kenny sounds plays like a key role. Yeah, yeah. in terms of like. Uh, of both you going with this yeah. and he's part of it and then later he's he's helping you get out so explain how why even mm-hmm. are you even like what you just described it sounds like a wonderful life let's just live yeah. high yeah but something happens here please talk about this
0: mm-hmm. so throughout my my college career I had a pretty successful college career I tore my ACL 3 times I separated my shoulder probably 20
1: times. How is that successful? It sounds like a train wreck.
0: Well, by the end of my senior year, it was a train wreck. I was in so much pain physically that I couldn't even practice throughout the week. But by the ga- by the weekends, the games came around, I would play and then not practice the next week and then play again the next week. So, I mean, just the pain level of my knee. I can remember at 21 years old, I was getting ready to go for the combine. And I had an agent and we were getting ready to work out for the combine, the NFL combine and I had a doctor's appointment beforehand, and he did an MRI, and he said, Jimmy, you have the knee of a 60-year-old. Uh, your ACL is torn again. Your football career is over. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I had worked my entire life for this. This was my goal. This was what stole my attention. It's what, it's what I gave my life to was football. And then like that, it was taken and so, um, which I knew through the, through the pain and everything else. But I also had f- a fractured vertebrae, bulging discs. So you talk about pain. My whole body, mm-hmm. um, I, felt, I felt pain throughout my whole body. So post-college, uh, I ended up meeting my wife in college. She played volleyball. We got married. And uh, I began to, I stopped smoking for a few years because I worked in a maximum security juvenile prison. And there's drug tests and everything else. And, and all the while, I still recognize my relationship with Christ, but I'm not walking a faithful walk, if that makes sense. I was
1: halfway in, halfway out. Kind of how I've heard it put. It's like you weren't rejecting Christ, right. actively rejecting the Bible or any right. of this stuff, but you found a different road that kind of had captured you.
0: Right. And so uh, after I started working or after I finished working at the prison, I moved to northern Indiana from Ohio And somewhere along there, I began to smoke weed again. And this is married. This was with two kids. Uh, Now was a a dad. And uh, found my way back to the weed, the pain, the hurt, whatever the excuses, whatever the reasons,
1: uh, I found my way back to it. Let's just stop there. Whatever the reasons are, what you described a few minutes ago, it felt good. Yeah, it felt good. Almost (laughs) on every level. Now, we know that it can impair our thinking, and there's other things we can talk about later, but... I mean, this is how the enemy works. Mm-hmm. He's not going to give us something that there's no benefit right. to it. Of course, right. there's some way, some worldly uh, pleasure, somehow there's going to be benefit, and that's what it was. Yeah, and, and on top of the pain. Um, and then the challenges of
0: being a new dad. And I, I I really was in this place. I was deceived to think that I was a better dad, a better husband, uh, a better Co-worker, all of those things when I was high. I mean, I had more patience and and all of those things. It was it was really a lie that I believed, um, and so I I really began to to dive back into consistently smoking weed, uh, at least once or twice a day, and so along this time I started working for a company in Chicago uh, selling selling hearing aids, and uh, was in a hotel by myself for a few weeks. Then my family came and stayed with us. We ended up living in Chicago for about four months. Um, and in that time period, eventually the truth came out to my wife. I didn't. I, I stopped hiding it from her. I just told her this is what it was, and this is what I was going to do. Uh, and
1: is she walking with the Lord at this time?
0: We were both... No. I mean, you know what I mean? It was one of those things where we, we were going to church, we would say the right things, but uh, our lives weren't... I wasn't consistently walking with Christ in a close, intimate relationship. It was some lip service and, uh, you know, something that I believed, but I wasn't, I, wasn't get, I wasn't dead to myself. I was still alive. My flesh was still alive. Mm-hmm. And so uh, throughout this time in Chicago, I, I was by myself for that a couple of weeks. And so I really began to read my Bible quite a bit more. And I would smoke and read my Bible.
1: Why are you reading your Bible? Why do you even care? Because I believed what Christ
0: did and I I knew that God was good and I knew that's the life that I wanted, except the flesh was still strong and alive and kicking, and it and it I feel like it kept me from making that full total commitment. And so, but as I was getting high, I was reading my Bible, and as I was reading my Bible, things began I can remember the first time that that John 1 came to life for me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was... And I'm like, whoa, what is that? And it started to come to life for me. Well, in the midst of that, I began to just pray and seek God. And I can remember a couple of times I had weed, and, and I felt the conviction from with, within. I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit to get rid of it. And so I would throw it in the trash can. I would throw it out the window. And within a couple of days, I was going back and buying more. And so I really, in that time, I realized, I recognized, I'm chained to this thing. I'm not free. I'm not free from this. This thing's got Mm. me. Mm -hmm. And that's when I called my friend Kenny, my college teammate, now a coworker with me in the ministry we work with.
1: Can you back up, though, and just share about one of that times in the hotel room, Mm. in the hotel room in Chicago?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was, I can remember very specifically, uh, I was getting ready for the shower I was smoking with the shower going. My wife and kids were were out in the other room. And I just looked in the mirror and I said, "God, if you're real, I need you to show me all the way now. Show me that you're real because I'm sick of living halfway in and halfway out. I need to I need to feel and experience you in a way like I've never experienced you before." And then uh you know, took my shower and went to bed, but the next couple of days as I as I cried out to him, "God, show me that you're real." The conviction of the Holy Spirit. The, the, the I couldn't do what I just normally did. When I got high, it didn't, it didn't feel good. I was so convicted about being high that now being high wasn't fun. Um, but I kept doing it until I made that phone call to Kenny. And I was on my way back to Northern Indiana from Chicago and uh, smoking in the car. And I just felt like I need to call Kenny. So Kenny was one that we, we participated in this together. We did this together. And through Facebook, I had saw him living a life that looked different from the Kenny that I remember. He moved out to South Dakota, played uh, professional football in the Arena League, and uh, met his wife, started having a family. And I was watching him from a distance, and I said, something's different about Kenny. And so God just really led me to call him on my way home from Chicago. Got on the phone. We talked. And I used the whole story of we've done this together. Uh, it's it feels so good. It helps me in so many different ways. How can you tell me this is wrong? Are you still doing it? He said, No, I'm not doing it anymore. Why? What's what? It comes from the ground. It's a God given thing. And he just went to the the scripture of of being alert, be alert, and of sober mind. And when we're high, we're not sober. Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, already. So. so- can you specifically explain, like, because there's such a movement, even mm-hmm. within the body of Christ, you hear this, about, well, it's legal. The, our state passed it as a recreational drug, so it must be okay. And by the way, the Bible doesn't really talk about this in a, in a negative right. way. And like you just said, it, it grows in a plant from the ground that God created. Mm-hmm. So for all of these reasons and more, this must be okay. Mm-hmm. And so then Kenny's jumping in with this sober thing, and and, and really what um, I remember Kenny telling me um, was that this whole thing, at the end of the day, whether it's legal legalized in your state or not, at the end of the day, it is a mind-altering mm-hmm. drug, mm-hmm. and you can't get away from that. So this thing that you just brought up about the passages that talk about have a sober mind— this isn't like a footnote kind of point. Right. This is major. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Major throughout the scriptures. And until you have, I think, the conviction of the Holy Spirit paired with the conviction of the word, uh, I think it falls on deaf ears. So I, I heard from a number of people, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing that. and oh, And you can't do that. And I'm thinking, no, I can do whatever I want. And that's the reality. We get to choose what we want to do. You get the choice to make every day what your day looks like. And so to tell me I can't, uh, I had a problem with that. But when the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the truth of the Word began to take place, now it was no longer what someone else was telling me to do. It was from within my own heart that I couldn't keep walking down this path because I believed by faith in Christ what He did. Uh, And I saw that I was entangled in this sin. I was, I was confined and trapped and I couldn't get free. Uh, and I didn't like that. I didn't like not being free when he died to set us free. Mm-hmm.
1: And so... It was for freedom that Christ set us free, yes. never again be yoked to bondage. Mm-hmm. So anything else that Kenny shared with you in that conversation, or maybe even subsequent conversations that helped? Yeah, he, uh, he,
0: he came with love. He didn't call me an idiot. He didn't say anything conda He didn't beat me down. He just he just said, "This is where I came from." He shared his experience with me. Uh, he shared the truth of what was revealed to him about be sober minded. And I just landed on that place. I I'm not when I'm high. I'm not sober minded. Um, and then he told me that I should recommit my life to Christ. And I'm thinking, well, I've been walking with Jesus for I've been walking with Jesus for all these years. Commit my life? I've already done that. And uh, but I recommitted my life to Christ and he just he just prayed a prayer with me in the car on the way back home of a commitment prayer. And I can remember I got home uh, and I'm in tears uh, in the car and, and just like, what is this? And I got home and I told my wife, I just recommitted my life to Christ. And I could imagine what she's thinking, like, oh, yeah, right. I've heard this one before. You know, but, right? And and yeah, he'll throw the stuff out, mm, but by tomorrow he'll buy yeah, more. Yeah, but it wasn't the case. That was the that was the last time I smoked weed, uh, and that's been oh geez, my daughter's nine, so that's been eight and a half years ago, mm. and so eight and a half years not smoking weed um, to be able to walk in that victory, to be able to to be able to uh, have believed all those lies and 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 yet to be unchained. It's a, it's a beautiful thing.
1: Okay, so I'm really excited Mm. in light of what we're talking about here to jump on these sober passages from the Bible, and we got to get there. But first, I think we need to hear from you. You've lived it. Mm. You've been a pastor. Now you're working at Heroes Camp, an inner city ministry that we've talked before on this podcast. That's awesome, right? Okay, but you lived this long enough. Tell us, tell me, as a Christian— how prevalent is this struggle within the body of mm-hmm. Christ? And it's not—I don't believe this is just your story. I believe we're getting so little teached on this through our local churches. Like, tell me the effects of that. Like, how, how prevalent is it? I don't
0: think it's just a weed thing, although I know we're talking about weed. I mean, it's it's an alcohol thing. It's a weed thing. It's a anything— that fills the place of Christ. Uh, it, it can be a work thing. I know when I get into a place of uh, feeling like I need to, feeling frustrated or whatever, I'll just go out by the fire pit and work in my backyard for hours on end. And so that can that can be something. But uh, a good friend of mine told me that uh, moderation is a co-redeemer. And so anything that we do in moderation to take the place of Christ and 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 His grace and the freedom that we walk. Well, I've only had no, but I only have one drink. Mm, I, listen, I'm not I'm not here to 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 judge or condemn. I'm sharing my personal experience.
1: Um, and so so, so even, what you're saying, anything that medicates us, even like throwing ourselves into <sighs> work, anything can become a co-redeemer, meaning it's not just Christ changing our life. We're trying to do things, let's just call them coping mechanisms.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And coping mechanisms, it, and and also if there's this place where you have to feel like you have to justify your actions, mm-hmm. you have to find reasons for why you're doing those things. I feel like that's a flag for, uh, should you be doing those things? And And really, as the body of Christ... Uh, you know, it's it's a warning to say, raise your eyes, bring your attention. And and He's called us to be holy, be holy as I'm holy. He's called us to walk this holy walk. And that's not perfect, but, but we should be in full pursuit of Him. And we've got to get these, I've got to get these things out of my life that keep me from being all into Him. Uh, I've got to die to myself daily. And so for the church, uh, is there hurt? Yes. Is there pain? Yes. Did we come through this pandemic and, and people are confused and flipped upside down? And so they just need to get away. They need to break free from reality. And now weed is legal. Mm-hmm. And I think if we're not aware of the enemy's schemes to, to see that there's not a correlation in all of this and to see that the enemy's not
1: using this as part of his plan, I I think that we're being deceived. So just on a practical level... Don't medicate yourself or don't use a coping mes- mechanism. Let Christ heal you. Heal whatever that painful point is deep inside. He wants to heal it, and that's different than medicating it. Okay, but circling mm-hmm. back, again, the body of Christ, from yeah. your opinion, yeah. the body of Christ, hey, it's legal. Hey, it, grow- it grows out of a plant and God created mm-hmm. it. Hey, I think the door's open here. Hey, maybe if my buddies are, are doing this, I should do it to what degree is that even out there in, the, in talking about church people or people that some way have grown up in the church um I, I mean i'm
0: sure it's very very prevalent i'm sure it's very uh it's a it's a very large issue the only thing about church people they don't like to be real i mean th- i mean just that's not that's not a punch that's not but I, but i think we want to live these picture perfect lives, but if we can be open about our struggles, we would be hearing about this a lot more. Hey, I'm struggling and weed is legal now. And I feel tempted to go and do this. I feel tempted to try this out. I think if we can be real about that, then we would uh, kind of pull back the covers and see that it is a bigger problem than maybe what is being led on, led on to believe that it is. Um, and so I, I got to go back to the place of what's, what does my walk look like? So other, other people, other people in the body of Christ, uh, you need to be able to look at yourself because it's very easy to look at someone else and say, oh, mm-hmm. you're really missing the mark or you're doing this or to take the speck out of your eye while the log is in my eye. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is, is the body of Christ has to begin to look at themselves. Each individual, uh, where's my walk with Christ? How am I doing? Am I dying mm-hmm. to myself daily that, mm-hmm. so that Christ can live through me? And, uh, if, and if we're doing that, the, the justification for whether something's legal or not legal, I think the conviction of the Holy Spirit paired with the scriptures will be able to set us free and keep us on the track, keep us on the path that leads to life and and not to death. And so I, I believe it starts with a, a an internal uh, look at yourself. How am I doing? I, while I'm worried about Dave, I'm concerned about the walk that you have. Mm-hmm. If I'm not concerned about the walk that I have and how I'm living... Mm-hmm. And I want to point out your faults. Hey, that's, that's a big that's problem. That's a problem.
1: It's really God, you know, and I, as I've experienced God's reviving presence in my life, it's really about God breaking us over our own sin mm. first. And yet at the end of the day, we do need people like Kenny was in your yes, life. And we, we're Kind of like a community where we're real. I mean, I think one of the... Uh, the pitfalls in the American church. It's like you earlier you you highlighted First uh, Peter one, where Peter says, "Be holy, for I am holy," mm. uh, quoting God, of course. And um and it's like we we're not in the community, the friendships, the necessary vulnerability, transparency, so that you can actually walk into holiness mm. together. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is a lone ranger kind of thing. I think we need each other and and the, let the the roof off of our lives so god sees everything and let the walls Absolutely. down so other people know us really know us like this is part of the redemptive aspect of this that needs to be practically lived out
0: that's so true and if but we when we get in a place of thinking oh they won't understand that's the scheme of the enemy to say no one will understand what you're going through no one knows what you're doing if they knew what you were doing they would and that's that's a that's a that's a scheme by the enemy to keep you isolated, to keep you uh, in your own head, to not anything that's brought into the darkness, and anything that's in the darkness will be brought to the light. And so, if we can just bring those to the light on our own, bring that to someone that we trust, bring that to a brother in Christ, and really, the for me to be comfortable to bring it was to someone, I need to know that they're going to handle it in love. And so if you're not handling situations in love as people are bringing these to you, they're just going to shove it back down and hold it to themselves. And so Mm -hmm. uh, that's a key part of the body of Christ is to love.
1: You know what I have found is I have come out with my personal struggles, sin, disobedience, Mm -hmm. ways that I've been in bondage, and I share that publicly. It's usually not even condemning. That's usually, meaning the response to me. Usually that's... It's A an lie of door. the enemy, yeah, in my mind, it, and for everybody, I've heard them talk about this. Oh, I do not want to share it with anybody in the church because, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, like you were just describing. But here's what I've noticed. Usually it's not condemning. Usually it's like, wow, wow. Brother, yeah. can I help? And let's pray together. And by the way, oh, I've struggled with yeah. that exact same thing. And this is how God helped me. Like, it's so upside down when we're not being transparent. Mm-hmm. And it's hurting us in terms of a true, genuine uh, turning, or as the Bible talks about repentance. And it's so life-giving, too, when we yeah. do it. Yeah, it's, it's freeing. And and then,
0: you're, and then you're not confined to those things that the enemy, enemy may be saying about you uh, in your own mind to say oh but if they only knew i was able to come to a place where i came clean and free about my sin and to bring it to the light that when the enemy then said oh but if this person knows and i could just say i've brought it to the light they already know and now that thing that he would try to hold over me or that my own conscience would try to keep me from walking and with christ Mm -hmm. was in the open and now i could walk in freedom because it already had been brought to the light and so I think really for the body of Christ to bring those things into the light, uh, and it's not a matter of condoning or being like, yeah, that's great. It's a matter of, I'm so glad you're being real. Now let's, now let's get you on track. Let's, let's have you walk in victory.
1: Those chains are heavy. Walk free. First John 1 talks about this. It's, it, it specifically says in that, that passage, walk in the light mm-hmm. as he Mm -hmm. is the light, right? And then it says, and then the blood of Jesus will cleanse you, but it also says, and you will have fellowship with one another. It's like a total game changer when we actually learn this idea of walking in the light, which means roof off before God, walls down before the people. We're in genuine fellowship uh, with God. We're in genuine, transparent fellowship with each other, and we're going to see so much more victory. Okay. Yeah. With that said... um, I still want to drill down on these sober passages and some of the key ones that have spoke to you. However, there's one other quick thing that I think is super important, and that is um, talk to us about um, people now can get high, (laughs) and you would never even know, because back in the day, like let's say when I was growing up um, in the the 70s, early 80s, before I went to college, or even when I was in college, but I'm just saying when I was younger, you could smell The marijuana, they'd been smoking, and everybody knew Mm -hmm. things have changed. Please unpack that, because this, again, this is important for us to understand this in the church.
0: Yes, things have changed uh, drastically. So when I even was smoking early on in my marriage and hiding it from my wife, I had to be very aware of when I was going to do it and how I was going to do it, and I had to make sure she was in bed first because of the smell, because of the smell, because of uh, she would know what I was doing. And today, uh, the accessibility of edibles, which, which is THC-infused food, basically, we could be sitting here right now, I could pop a mint in my mouth that's infused with THC, and it's the equivalent of smoking a, smoking a blunt or smoking a joint, and you have no idea, but here I am getting high. And so, the, in schools, I was talking to my nephew the other day, in schools, they're, and their vape pens, their edibles... Uh, it's all over the place. Where before you would get busted smoking weed in school because somebody would smell it, now you can pass around a bag of candy and ev- the whole room can be high and the teacher may not have a clue. And so the the ability to be under the radar as you do this creates even more of an opportunity for people to say, "No, but I can get away with it." So let me let me keep doing what I'm doing because no one will know. And it's uh, it's I think it's really Hurting, it's really uh, opened the door for people who wouldn't normally try it or normally wouldn't do it, uh, and and it's happening. And and the I believe that the enemy is just sitting back, clapping his hands as as he watches everybody, not everybody, but a large portion of people uh, participate because of the ease of accessibility of getting it,
1: and, uh, and now it's legal. So you've started us off on the scriptures. What are some that make a difference in terms of this idea uh, or this truth in the scriptures of being sober? Well, the first one that comes to mind for me is First Thessalonians
0: 5, 6, and it says this, So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. Again, we have to be sober. We have to be awake. If we're not awake and sober, uh, the enemy, I believe, can work in a greater way in our lives than if we're alert. and and aware of his schemes.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and earlier you said about believing lies, and let's just remember, Jesus did call our enemy the father of lies, and if he can use uh, marijuana, or more specifically THC, which is in the edibles, mm-hmm. as well as what we're smoking. The, the point is, is that either way, it's an altered state of mind. And we have to be alert that in an altered state of mind, who can lie to you mm-hmm. all the more yeah. in there? You yeah. know, probably a whole variety of ways. You know, there's another scripture that comes to my mind, and this one's from Romans and this is actually uh, Romans 12, 3, it says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So um, thinking of ourselves too highly, I, I've also talked to a variety of people that have um, smoked marijuana on a regular basis, and it's it's like they become like, Inward and it's like life becomes about me and there's a self-centeredness theme that I've I've, I've actually both seen um, people talk about it but also written about mm-hmm. and it's like it's like well when do I get high the next time and there's the different things like this like having sober judgment we're going to be much more prone to walking with God to give our lives away rather than looking for the next way we can feel good and get high and those kinds mm-hmm. of things
0: yeah I mean it's we're, we're we're called to die to the flesh and uh, the desires to be high the desires to uh, be in an altered state. For me, I don't I don't know if they've ever fully gone away, but the conviction for me to walk in holiness and to walk in a relationship with Christ supersedes those selfish desires. And some days are harder than others. There are some days where I have to fight harder to say, I'm not going down that path. I'm not doing that again. And there are other days where I don't even think about it. Uh, but it does that that... Those desires I don't know if they ever fully go away, at least not in my life, and so it's an ongoing battle. You have to keep your guard, you have to stay alert, you have to be awake because if you if you're not on your game, you're not prepared, you're not aware, you're not recognizing the enemy's schemes uh be careful because I guarantee you he's around the corner looking for you,
1: yeah, any other passages come to mind
0: yeah first Peter 1 uh, 13 says therefore with minds that are alert and fully sober set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming um, again fully sober uh, when I when I spoke with my friend about this he said uh, obviously when you're high you're not sober and so uh, th- for me the conviction in hearing that was was the dagger that put this argument to rest for me Should I or should I not smoke pot? Should I or should I not do it? Well, when you do it, you're not sober, and we've got it. We're in a battle. We're in a war for -hmm. our souls. We're in a war for other people's souls. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we're asleep on the job, Mm -hmm. I I just I've recognized enough in my own life and my walk with Christ, observing my family, um, that I've got to stay awake. I've got to stay alert. And it's not worth it for me.
1: Right. And some scriptures talk about being of sound mind. Mm-hmm. A sound mind is not mm-hmm. a high uh, mind, uh, again, you know, it's, right. it's this idea of being sober. You know, maybe we... Could just throw it out a couple more from First Peter. Um, one one is one of them is from chapter four, verse seven, yeah. and it says, "The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray." Like I, I don't know if we think about this, but yeah. like there's certain mm-hmm. undercurrents that we can allow in our lives that will actually pull us away from the place of prayer. Yeah, yeah. Like that's not going to end well.
0: Well, and and prayer is that conversation back and forth with the Father. And it tells us that sin separates us from God. And so if we are walking in a place out of faith in sin, it now has created a separation between myself and God to the degree that I feel like I can't even go to him in prayer Mm -hmm. or I can't fully engage to him in a conversation. It'd be like when I would come home and if I was high, I couldn't fully engage with my parents to the level that I would want to. Because there was this underlying th- what if they know? Mm. I can't give myself away. Good point. If they If they knew what I just did, they wouldn't. And so I had to tiptoe around that. And so it's the same way with the Father. If we're not in sober judgment, we're not of sober mind, drugs, alcohol, anger, whatever it is, it can get in the way of how close I am with the Father and how I think He views me, and I can then pull away. I can then create a gap in that relationship because of my sin and it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I've, I've found that out for myself. It's not worth it. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, The other one that I, that, that comes to mind is in first Peter five, eight, and it says this, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And for me, I'm, uh, I'm competitive. I'm an athlete still at 37. Uh, I I try to take these kids down on the court every day playing basketball. I don't like to lose. And when I see this verse in First Peter 5, 8, that tells us that he's looking to devour us. The enemy is like a roaring lion and he wants to take us out. It stirs within me that competitive spirit to say, hmm. no, I'm not going for that. <laughs> so it creates this fight. It creates this, this this desire to win in the things of God so that I can... Put him where he deserves to be, out of my life, out of the picture, uh, walking in victory, defeating the enemy. And if I don't have that personal conviction from within my own my own heart, the Holy Spirit within me to give me that, it, that doesn't come from someone telling me you're an idiot. You should not be doing that. That's wrong. You should stop smoking. That didn't come from that. It comes from within the Spirit of God alive in my life, that gives me the the the. The confidence, the the endurance, the the competitiveness to fight the enemy
1: and to be of sober mind. Yeah, I can't help but to smile a little bit because you're seeing this as a competitive athlete would see this, but this is I don't like to lose. <laughs> yeah, this is infinitely yeah. more important. And yeah. by the way, we got a competitor here that you just read about in first Peter five, eight. And he's not playing uh, uh, what's the word? He's not he's not taking um, uh, prisoners. Mm. He's out there to still kill and destroy, and you're saying, No way I'm gonna win in Christ. This is I mean, it just makes me smile. How you're putting this as an athlete, let's win. I, I don't
0: like to lose. And when we think of eternity, I think of my I have five kids, I think of my kids' eternities, I think of my wife. Uh there's there is no longer time and space to pity Pat with with the things of God. Okay. Uh I've I've come to this place of we're going to duke this thing out. Look around. The world is not getting any better. It's progressively and and at a crazy rate declining in morality and the things of God and, and the things that they're allowing, the things that are going around, the shooting, the evil. It's just evil. Uh, and I take that personally. I take that personally to the point where I want to win in my life, and I want to win and see victory in the people around me. And if I'm over here Separated from God because I'm trying to justify using pot or or whatever it is, I'm not in the game like I need to be. I, I'm just kind of the teammate that we can do without, I, and that's that's not okay with me.
1: Good, well put. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Uh, you know, Christ is our Victor, and as we walk with Him, we win. Yeah. It's, it's Psalm so many forces. We go from strength to strength, yeah. and I when I hear you talking, that means win to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Well. Jimmy, I would, in a sense, just love to say, hey, that's all the scriptures have to say about this awesome, let's go live for Christ. But there is this other thing that I brought up at the outset of this podcast, and that is that this is actually something that there's this eerie thing when you read the scriptures about a connection to God's judgment. Mm -hmm. And I believe, since this is part of scripture, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, I'm going to get to that here in a moment. I believe this is something we've got to also include in our discussions related to this. Now, it might not be our first step forward, like it wasn't with you and Kenny. Mm-hmm. Kenny didn't come to you with what I'm going to share here in a moment. But just to, like, buoy up and help firm up the convictions within the body of Christ so we know what's actually going on here, we need to be talking about this very, very issue and— um as we'll see here in a moment, um, you know, as we've identified other topics and issues, that God actually provokes his anger, it provokes judgment on a nation. This actually is another one of those issues. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, of course, not the only issue by a long shot. Right. It might not even be the main issue, but it's like another tributary issue to the bigger picture where we have to be aware of this. And so, um, so as we jump in here... Um, uh, let's talk about this. And I want to start with Galatians chapter 5, verse 20. For those that are getting this on YouTube, we are going to put this up on the screen mm-hmm. as we have the other scriptures. But it's super important because the word sorcery is in this passage, and some translations say witchcraft, but either way, it's like, why are we talking about sorcery now and witchcraft? I thought we were talking about getting high. I thought we were talking about weed, marijuana, you know, all this stuff, and the the THC and edibles and the vaping of, of THC, all this stuff. Well, wait a second. Actually, the Greek word in the New Testament for sorcery is pharmakia. Hmm. It's where we get the word today pharmaceutical, which means drugs. Wow. And so now we have another thing we need to talk about here. If we're going to just you know jump into this biblically, well, why do most of our translations say sorcery or witchcraft? And there's often a connection too when you look at these passages in context of idolatry close by, meaning uh, temple worship of other gods. There's mm-hmm. idols in in our life, in and in, in this culture they meant like like other gods and spirits like pagans are always trying to get the spirits on their side. That's what this is talking about. Well, here's why, why pharmakia gets translated as sorcery. Because back in the day, both old Testament and new Testament, when they were writing these words down, getting high, having an altered state from marijuana or other drugs, however they wanted to, it helped them, they believed to get in touch with spirits. Mm. Now, We would say evil spirits, but they're just trying to, let's just say, connect with the spirits, cajole the spirits, try to appease the spirits so nothing bad happens to them, or that they'll bless them with power. Now, let me read this. This is the the definition of sorcery. It's the art, practices, or spells of a person who is supposed to exercise supernatural powers through the aid of evil spirits, black magic, and witchcraft. Mm. So what they would do is they would... Uh, get into this altered state. Marijuana being one of them ways to do it, and then they would try to connect with all of these spirits. And God tells us in Deuteronomy um, eighteen, He says, "This is one area that's a hundred percent off limits. Do not go in this direction." Okay, so so here we are <laughs> with the idea the teaching of drugs connected to the spirit world, meaning the dark side of the spirit world. Mm -hmm. Now, we shouldn't chafe at this as Christians, and I don't care what stream of Christianity we come from. I grew up in more of a conservative evangelical environment. But whatever it is, this shouldn't freak us out. The Bible repeatedly talks about a spirit world. And as Christians, we're always trying to connect with the good side, which is God himself, Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. That's part of the spirit world of the world, the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. he's in us, and there's angels. So this shouldn't freak us out, but what it should alert us to is that as Christians, we want to get more and more connected to God. He lives within us in the Holy Spirit and all the goodness that comes there. We need to be aware of the evil side, and people do try to get in this altered state, and then they're more vulnerable mm-hmm. to what you just read in First Peter 5, 8, the enemy who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And and that's, that's not a surprise as far as the altered state, uh, what they were pursuing. I, I think I mentioned this. I don't know if I mentioned it uh, in this conversation, but uh, sometimes life was just boring, just yep. regular day to day, not high. And then you experience that high and you realize, man, there's more. There's more to life than what's just going on, and it gives you kind of a glimpse into that when you are high. Now, uh, I can say that in prayer and spending time in prayer and communicating with the Father, uh, not just like, dear God, thank you for this food, but engaging in prayer. You're there, 3 to 7, 3 a.m. to 7 a.m., engaging in prayer for hours on end will give you a look into the things of, of, of the Spirit and, and the revelation and this contacting uh, spirits, the Spirit, the only Spirit that matters, the Holy Spirit, and the revelation that comes with it. I, I really do believe that in that pursuit, uh, it's a beautiful thing. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. And it's something that if you're looking to get in contact with, like you said, these, the, the spirit world, do it through prayer. Do it through prayer. See what God <laughs> gives you in revelation. See what He speaks to you. See what He mm-hmm. speaks to you in truth about your family and about those you care and about those you love and about the hurt that you're dealing with mm-hmm. within your own self. Yeah. Uh, weed is just a patch. Mm-hmm. It's something that may take you off, and then you need to go back to it. Prayer brings
1: results. Amen. And as I just briefly mentioned earlier, it actually brings the healing that we need, the emotional healing, the wrong thinking that the lies need to be replaced with truth of God's Word. It's all of that that resolves the issue yeah. once for all and not, as you just said, putting a Band-Aid on it. So, okay, so we've got this, but this idea of 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 pharmacia mm-hmm. in the Bible, both there in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's also these implications that it also brings even beyond what... Uh, what I just said there, um, and um, and I, I I do want to read Galatians five twenty. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, etc. And it says those who practice such such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so there's some There's some serious stuff going on here as we look at God, who He blesses and what's going to provoke judgment and so forth. but on a national scale, it's interesting to me how this shows up in the scriptures again and if you think back to the whole situation, exodus where uh Moses and Aaron come before Pharaoh, and they throw the staff down and becomes a snake and pick it Mm -hmm. up. Well, it says that Pharaoh called on his sorcerers. Here is that word again, and it's always the truth of God and the power of God trying to be imitated by these sorcerers, Mm -hmm. getting it through other means. And again, Deuteronomy eighteen, God says, "Don't do that. Whatever you do, as one of my children, never get involved in that." And so we see a, a, a. a teaching throughout the Bible, where God is always standing against people that are taking a deep dive into sorcery. And mm-hmm. what we're trying to say here today in our conversation is that one way to start down the path of sorcery, pharmacia, is through marijuana. Now, of course, there's other drugs and in, in alcoholism that can do the same thing. Okay. Now, um, in Second Chronicles, we have uh, Manasseh. He's the king at the time, and we know him as an evil king. And it says, he made his sons pass through the fire in the valley of Ben-Hinnom, and that's probably child sacrifice, and he practiced witchcraft, used divination, practiced sorcery, there's that word again, Mm -hmm. and dealt with mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger, and it goes on to talk about a national judgment that will come. Like, this stuff is actually connected to God-judging nations. Yeah. And uh, and the, the thing that happens here is after Manasseh, there's another king for a couple of years, but then Josiah comes and there's a revival in the nation and God delays the judgment, mm-hmm. but he still promises it's coming because of what happened under Manasseh. And what my point here is, is we see America more and more and more accepting of marijuana and legalizing it, not having two thoughts about, about getting high actually if it's an altered state of mind this is something with national implications mm-hmm. before a holy god
0: i've never thought of it like that but you look at the signs of the times and it's not surprising to hear that um and i just it, it goes in line with with kind of what your this podcast is about warning the people warning the church of things that are to come and, and being aware of what's happening right now in society, in our world, in our country, and uh, this is this is absolutely something that we need to be aware of. And if we're riding in the same stream as society down this, and it's like, yeah, okay, whatever, go do whatever you want to do. It's not hurting anybody. I think as the body of Christ, we're missing we're missing the mark. And and like you said, we will be judged on that and And so, absolutely, have an awareness of what's going on. have an awareness of that these things are coming against the body of Christ, and we can't sit back and just mm-hmm. let it take place without expressing the truth of what the scripture says about it.
1: We're supposed to be the salt and light of the world, right? Right. Let's start in our own church because people are connected to this stuff and they have no idea what they're connecting Mm to. But then let's also be the salt and light um, as the conscience of the nation. We're supposed to be walking with God here. And you know, So what I'm trying to do is, like you're saying, help us take a step back and look at the big picture here just for a moment. And to really get at the heart of it in the New Testament, in a sense, we already did with Galatians 5, verse 20. But but this, this shows up again, and I believe we're moving more and more into this day and hour of Babylon that's talked about in Revelation chapters 17 through 19. More and more, we're in this global Babylonian system, where things are coming out, and this word again—sorcery, pharmacia, drugs—it shows up again in terms of this global Babylonian system, and that the whole, the whole Babylonian system, God judges it mm-hmm. at the at the end, uh, right before Jesus' return. And and um, and I just want to highlight this from Revelation chapter eighteen, verse twenty three, and it's the Babylonian system, and it says. And the light of a lamp will not shine in you, meeting the global Babylonian system, any longer. And the voice of the, the bridegroom and bride will not be heard in you any longer. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, because all the nations were deceived by your sorcery. And there's that word again, that, that the drugs, the pharmacia, the pharmaceuticals were part of deceiving the people uh, of the of the world in the context of being judged, the ba- meaning the Babylonian system being being judged, and and there's a, a another verse in uh, chapter twenty one, verse eight that talks about this. But then also, um, uh, the last chapter of the Bible talks about mm-hmm. this. And so mm-hmm. I just want to read uh, chapter twenty two, verse fifteen as well. It says. Outside of God's holy, eternal city are the dogs and the sorcerers and the immoral persons and the murderers and the idolaters and everyone who loves and practices lying. Like, again, we see this as something that has eternal consequences um, that throughout the scriptures, God God uh, points in the direction of either he is going to judge it or he has judged it. Um, he'll judge it in the end time. So there's just a lot going on here that I think we need to be uh, to be considering this day and hour especially as we're seeing as you said earlier uh, the prevalence of both uh smoking mar- marijuana as well as taking edibles mm-hmm. and vaping and nobody will even know you did it like these are something we need to have uh, a clear teaching about within the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and I think that's wake up. Don't be deceived. Uh don't fall in line with everything that's going on. What is what is the holy spirit speaking to you? What does the scripture say about it? Uh, are you justifying? Are you walking in confidence? Do you feel separation between you and your relationship with Christ? Uh, and you have to—you're responsible for the answers to those questions. And uh, I just—I I encourage, I challenge, mm-hmm. I, 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 beg I beg the church, the body, to stand up and, and not necessarily protest or picket, but to love, to speak truth in love, to uh, see someone that may be struggling— and come alongside of them and, and and share your experiences and pray then that the Holy Spirit would bring conviction to their life and into their heart and that their life would be changed. And so I don't think the answer is heavy-handed, beat them over the head with the Bible. The answer is love and truth uh, and, and praying, really praying for them that the Spirit of God would be awakened in their lives.
1: And in your case, going all the way back to you and your friend Kenny... Mm-hmm. In your place, all he needed to do is in love, and you guys had a good friendship. It was yeah. a love, a, a friendship based on love, and you'd been uh, connected to each other for a lot of years. But all it really took was for him to share that, that scripture on sober mindedness, yeah. and you said you were done with mm-hmm. it. You know, it was like, here we go. And, uh, and you know, I think too of um, Dr. Michael Brown, who's written a lot of books, and he does a great job on all kinds of subjects, and he has said, um, Love warns, meaning the, our heart in all of this is to help people. It's not at all yeah. that we're looking forward to belittling anybody or accusing anybody or showing people how horrible they are. We all have had stuff in our lives. It all needed to be dealt with in different ways. But like you're saying, you're really uh, giving us a good practical theme here today is let's have love, the care for the other person in whatever we say Mm -hmm. so jimmy
0: thank you for
1: having your debut on insights and it was really great to have you and again i'm hoping it works out here in the next few months to have you and your buddy kenny yeah so that's going to be awesome and so thank you for joining us on insights remember to like subscribe and pass this along uh, to your friends this is such a now message right and yet it's so rarely discussed within the body of Christ, and all solutions begin with Christ and what he does in us as his body and how we can influence the world.